This episode brought to you by Cafe Imports, Minneapolis-based importers of fine specialty green coffees, independently owned and operated since 1993. Cafe Imports has been dedicated to decreasing its impact on the earth through renewable energy, carbon neutrality, and by supporting conservational efforts in places where quality coffee is grown and also where quality coffee is consumed. Where does your coffee come from? And sponsored by Uber Creative Agency, a boutique web design development and marketing agency based in Minneapolis, Minnesota, with clients across the U.S. We don't just provide services, we deliver value. Welcome to the Lake Superior Podcast. I'm Walt Lindela. And I'm Frida Wara. We are made stronger by story, and there's no better source than the continent's largest body of fresh water, Lake Superior. So join us as we highlight the five national parks that ring this greatest of the Great Lakes, meet the people, tour the places, and learn about the projects that make these parks and body of water so remarkable. This podcast made possible with the support of the National Parks of Lake Superior Foundation and Media Brew Communications. I'm Walt Lindela. I'm Frida Laura. Welcome once again to the Lake Superior Podcast, Frida. Today we have a longtime supporter of travel and, and the industry of getting out and experiencing things like Lake Superior and the state of Michigan. And uh, we've got a friend of ours that you and I both know pretty well. Oh, for two decades, Dave Lorenz has been the chief to just get everybody. I mean, how many times you can be in Oklahoma and you see a pure Michigan ad, it brings tears to your eyes because I know my kids in Colorado, they go, oh man, I miss home. It's so special. So with us on the line today is the vice president of Travel Michigan, Dave Lorenz. Hello, Dave. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, uh, thank you so much. Good to be with you. And, and Frida, you should know, it's been surprising to me that we've been seeing more and more people from Colorado and Oregon and faraway places like o- Oklahoma, because so many people want to be in a place like we get to enjoy mm-hmm. every day, a place that is literally you know, surrounded by water, has 11,000 inland lakes, and, of course, we touch on four of the five great great lakes. And, of course, the greatest of them all being Lake Superior. <laughs> that's right. And that's why we wanted to have you join us on the podcast to talk a little bit about that in terms of when you talk to people and when you build your strategies on telling the story about Michigan and coming to visit Michigan, where does Lake Superior fit into that? And I know, Dave, for you, you have some personal connections to it, but you've also taken the time to visit some of these places. What is it about Lake Superior that connects with you? Yeah, it's, it's interesting because I, I live very close to Lake Michigan. I mean, I'm less than a mile away from Lake Michigan. I have most of my life, and I've always felt that I've been pulled by the Great Lakes to stay near them, even though I've had some opportunities to move to different places. I just couldn't do it. There is something about these lakes. They're like huge magnets that just pull people here, whether they want to come just to visit and to explore or people like you and me, uh, people who just want to live here all the time. I think Lake Superior, because of its enormous size, its dramatic story that, that unfolds every day, no matter what season, you never know what's going to happen on Lake Superior. There's always this awesome, mystic beauty that, that surrounds it and that's part of it. But because of all the, the many interesting things that have happened over the years, the history, 
the, the various cultures that have lived along its banks and, and of course, you know, the maritime heritage mm-hmm. that Michigan has come to be known for, the, the good and bad stories on Lake Superior. I just think it's all of that. It's the history, it's the beauty, it's the natural experience, it's the immense size, and the fact that that this lake is one of those places that can be explored and enjoyed by people of multiple states and of two nations. It's pretty unique. You and I, Dave, have talked about a lot and specific things about certain areas and getting people to visit Michigan and all of that. But it's undeniable its presence in especially the Upper Peninsula here. Um, What are some of the things that maybe you've either heard from people or when you go out and you tell the story of pure Michigan and all of that, what are, what's, what's connecting with the people out there that are coming here to experience things like Lake Superior? Well, there are so many people from around the world who come to the Great Lakes area. They've heard of quote unquote, the Great Lakes and of course of Lake Superior, but most people just simply can't conceive that you can't see the land on the other side of the lake. <laughs> you know, it's, it's so interesting to me. Uh, people from Europe or wherever, whenever they come here, that's about the first thing they ever say to me is, you know, they might say, well, that's beautiful. But but they'll say things like, well, I can't believe that's not the ocean. <laughs> uh, you know, that that's always intriguing to me. But the fact that Lake Superior has different ecosystems uh, within it, you know, that, that's such a unique thing that it's of such immense size that y- you have areas of uh, you know these these tremendous rock formations that uh, are, are are just appealing and draw people in. Like, you know, of course, we all know uh, pictured rocks and in some other places in Wisconsin and in Minnesota as well. But um, then you have totally different looks with kind of pebbly and in stone uh, beaches and places like at uh, Whitefish Point, for instance, and. Wherever you go, you're going to see beauty mixed in with um, kind of that heritage and, and that that culture that uh, both the Native Americans and, of course, now we get to enjoy. Think about this. That lake was once, in effect, the, the mouth of a volcano. And then the glaciers came and turned it into what it is today and formed this beautiful landscape that we get to enjoy every day. People may not know those stories, but they feel the the immense awesomeness of, of what it is today simply by enjoying it in a variety of ways. What I guess what I like most about Lake Superior and the entire region is that the people have come to to know it and and live on it um, you know in a unique way according to that area. So if you go to a place like Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan, and Ontario, where the, you know, the, the, the lock system is today, and where Lake Superior then drains into the other lakes and eventually, you know, through the seaway and such, um, you know, that is, that's such an interesting place. And you think about how that area evolved over time and how maritime is such an important part of their culture. And then you go all the way over to the far western part of the lake, to a cute little town like Duluth, Minnesota. Similar in certain ways, but very different as well. And they're connected in the fact that these beautiful freighters might, you know, be in Duluth 
They might go to places along the way and then end up going through those locks eventually. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that we may be people of different states and different different countries, but we have this connection, this this real tangible connection that brings us together and and in effect forces us to work together in a way to protect this natural asset. And thank goodness for that. I think we need every reason to work together as we can find these days. I think for all those reasons and so many more, I just I just think it's a fascinating, beautiful place. And I love the people who live in this environment. There's something different about people in Michigan's Upper Peninsula. And, and I would say also in, you know, northern and, you know, eastern Wisconsin and then, you know, eastern Minnesota as well. And it's because of the connection to the lake. We're talking with uh, Dave Lorenz here today, Vice President of Travel Michigan on the podcast. And, you know, Dave is when he's mentioning the people, because he is one of our most faithful folks to (laughs) visit us at the UP 200. He knows what it's like when the wind's blowing at Mm -hmm. 40 miles an hour and it's 40 below and, you know, the (laughs) blizzards are happening. So we appreciate that. But getting back, you have just been, you know, really kicked in the shins as far as travel with COVID. How has that changed your job or how people are visiting? Well, you know, it's, it's changed over the time of COVID. You know, back when we were still in the pandemic, um, you know, state, uh, we, we spent a lot of time encouraging people to travel safely and to be part of the solution. And now that we're in this endemic stage, the interesting thing that's happened is travelers have changed their opinions about what's important about life. I mean, we've had this very dramatic thing that happened to all of us, but it happened to us while we were forced to be separate from one another. Mm -hmm. And I think that caused us to really change the way we think about life itself. I think, in fact, it's interesting. The data shows this research that we look at shows that people are more interested in connecting with nature to connecting with friends, friends and family, to visiting places that are different to them and getting to know people that we've, they've never met before, exploring cultures. All of that stuff is of greater interest than ever before. We have an absolute need to travel and to explore, to get out of the house, so to speak. <laughs> yep. And, and we, want to, we want to do this in an environmentally sustainable way where we can also experience wellness as part of the travel experience. You think about all those things I just described, that describes visiting a place like Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Mm-hmm. And of course, now it's our job to make sure that people aren't all visiting on the same summer weekend. Right. And that, we, don't, that, we don't want to destroy the, the lifestyle. Right. And that kind of ties into what I wanted to ask you is like when we talk about like the national parks along Lake Superior, you mentioned pictured mm-hmm. rocks. Pictured rocks has become, you know, exceptionally popular. And that has created challenges for the park service to be able to manage that. But you're still going to tell this story. And, and I like how you've kind of pivoted in this past year where you're talking about maybe just do a two or three hour drive, come up from Northern Lower or something and do it or do it in the middle of the week when people aren't there. So it does kind of break it up. That's the idea, isn't it? It is. And we really want people to explore all throughout pure Michigan and go to places maybe they haven't been to before that are lesser known. We want to, we want to pull some of that travel pressure off from these very popular places like Pictured Rocks. But interestingly enough, you think about our, nas- our national parks, 
the Keweenaw is a national park mm-hmm. in itself, uh, that copper culture and, mm-hmm. and such. And that's a, it's a big area, bigger than most people think. And as popular as that story is, it's a far, far way away from our population areas. Yeah. So we know that region can still take more travelers. We want to encourage people to go there. We know that Isle Royal uh, has been so busy, you, you can't even get into the lodge without a, without a reservation well in advance. I mean, a year in advance. So, you know, we're, we're encouraging people to explore. But when it comes to places like Pictured Rocks, we're encouraging them to at least go during the weekdays, not on the summer weekends, and consider going to places like this in the, what we call the shoulder seasons, the spring and the fall. And, oh, yeah. and Frida, and of course, Walt, you as well, we all know the beauty of winter and, and the visitation experience in the Upper Peninsula to be on the shores of Lake Superior at wintertime. It's an absolute, total different experience, but it is it is absolutely beautiful as well. So by visiting at these kind of lesser visited times, we'll be able to see the real Lake Superior, the real Upper Peninsula, without destroying that lifestyle for people who live there at the same time. Dave, how do you think gas prices are going to impact travel this summer? Well, gas prices don't really impact the, the leisure travel experience much. And I know that's a bold statement to say, because especially to come up to a place like the Upper Peninsula, most people live far away, but they, they still, they just need to get there. So they're going to go. They're going to change the way they're going to spend money, because the number one priority is to get there with their friends and family and just experience these things. So they're going to they're going to still spend the amount of money they have, and they have less money now because of all of these inflationary pressures we're dealing with. But they still will travel. So, again, we're trying to encourage people to think about economizing there as we're also trying to encourage them to go to places that are lesser known. Mm -hmm. So these lesser known places, they typically cost less to experience. So when going there, you you spend less money. But if you go to these times that are are not as busy, you're going to spend less money even to the popular places. But people are going to travel. This pent-up demand is at all-time high. The travel sentiment is is unbelievable. People will get out there. They will travel. The real problem, though, is every day, you know, our regular day-to-day going to work, going to school, doing the things that we do every day, not during vacations, but just during life, that's where these gas prices and these inflationary pressures are just sucking money away from us. And then there's less money to spend on travel. So we know people will travel probably more than ever, but they're going to spend less money when they do travel. And they're going to take more of these long weekends. Uh, I'm just trying to encourage people to to think of it in a different way. Instead of taking long weekends, take those weekdays, as many of them as you can take off, and then maybe spend those weekends at home, maybe being a uh, a tourist in your own town, yeah, yeah. and then taking that pressure off of these really popular places. We're talking to Dave Lorenz today. He is vice president of Travel Michigan here on the Lake Superior podcast. And, you know, Dave, what's interesting is, is you're talking about travel, especially to like coming to a place like the national parks along Lake Superior, that whole almost 
spiritual, maybe holistic feel of the lake. Mm -hmm. I mean, Frida and I know that very well. We've talked about it here on the podcast that it can create some powerful, creative energy. I say like big ideas come from the big lake is what I like to say a lot of times. And what I'm hearing you saying is the people you are researching are basically saying that, look, we're going to go somewhere where we're really going to value it. It's not just jumping in the car and running somewhere for the sake of somewhere. It's the sake of going to someplace like Lake Superior. So how do you how do you tell, tailor that story? I mean, when you're putting this together with Travel Michigan, with the Pure Michigan campaign, obviously you've got great visuals and great information about Lake Superior, but how do you maybe convey that sentiment that says this is a great place to reconnect with your family and your friends and also that energy? Yeah, we always say your trip begins at Michigan.org, and what we mean by that is Michigan.org is this tremendous resource to learn about places that maybe you don't know about or maybe places you know about. Mm -hmm. And then you can make your plans. You can even book various, you know, rooms or whatever it is uh, through the connections you make at Michigan.org. But you can also find information on what we call hidden gems. And so when you go there, uh, you're going to want to know a little bit about the place wherever there is before you get there. You know, you mentioned this almost spiritual connection to places like Lake Superior and the shoreline. I I agree. I think that's absolutely true. But it's available in other places as well. If you know more about that place, Mm -hmm. and it always is dependent upon what you're passionate about. Like, in my case, I love history, and I'm I feel like I'm very connected to the stories of the first people, the in our case, Native Americans who who roamed the, this region. I want to know more about the Adawa culture and the, the Chippewa culture and the the other tribal cultures in this area. So I I find out by going to Michigan.org that you can go to places like the Zebuing Museum in Mount Pleasant and learn more, or you go up to St. Ignace and and go to the Ojibwa Museum there, or the, the, the many different places that you can connect with this story. And by knowing a little bit more about it, I need to be there and see what it's like today and then learn about the history of the area and kind of soak it all in. So it always depends on what you're passionate about. So this year, uh, what we're saying to you is pursue your pure. Pursue what's what's pure Michigan to you and what's truly important to you, what you're passionate about. And I can guarantee you that in pure Michigan, and I'll also say in the northern parts of some of our surrounding states, you're going to be able to find these connections to nature that are so important to many of us right now. And and I think topping that list has to be visiting the shorelines and the adjoining areas to Lake Superior. You are so right, Dave. I know when we've talked with Denise Swanke, who is the superintendent at Isle Royal, one of her biggest challenges is making sure that her visitors know what they're going to come across, how to pack, what, you know, it's not like you're going to get a pizza delivered and you're not going to find a Starbucks and you're not going to have no reason to bring a hairdryer with you <laughs> to Isle Royal. Okay. Right. And, yeah. and just yeah. those simple things to be aware that you are in a wilderness place and you're going to be true. Yeah. Well, and Frida, you know, in fact, that, that reminds me real quickly. Uh, I need to say, when we talk about something like Lake Superior, this is not some lake in your backyard. This is a wilderness experience in the water, on the water. So if you've never kayaked before, you have 
you you just simply should not be doing that alone or without people with experience on Lake Superior. This right. is an awesomely beautiful place, but it can be a very dangerous place too. Mm-hmm. So when you head out onto our big lake or you head out into our forest lands, know where you're going, know what to expect, be prepared and be overly prepared. You'll have a great time. And um, you're going to also make sure that, that others aren't spending time searching for you later on. Amen. Yeah, that's well said. We've talked about that with a lot of our guests on the podcast, especially with the going out on the water and that particular how that can kick up. Uh, we're talking with Dave Lorenz today on the Lake Superior podcast. He's vice president of Travel Michigan, talking about the Lake Superior experience. I do have to ask you this, and Frida and I were talking about this, Dave, before we went on, but a little bit. But like you talk about travel and you talk about visiting places. Where does Dave Lorenz travel to when it's vacation time for him? <laughs> You know, it's funny because it always depends on my mood. I know so much of the state. I almost always stay in the state. But, you know, I want us to get our fair share and a little more than that of uh, travel time and, and expenditures in Michigan. But I think it's so important for people to go places that are different. I, I for instance, was just in the Baltics, and I wanted to go to Sweden, where my grandmother's family was from. And there are so many connections there, as an example, mm-hmm. to what um, we know of in the Upper Peninsula and in Michigan itself. It's so important for us to travel around the world. Uh, people need to do more of this because the more we go to other places, we get to appreciate where we live all that much more. And we appreciate this fact. We may look different. We may sound different. We may have different religions and different beliefs. But at the end of the day, we are all the same in the most essential and important ways. We need to understand that travel is the greatest peacemaker the world has ever known. And through travel, we'll understand each other. There'll be less disharmony and life will be better everywhere. Sounds like a reason to just go jump in the car, eh, Frida? Let's go. <laughs> no kidding. I love that. Travel is the greatest peacemaker in the world. Yeah, that, absolutely. From Dave, that, you know, that needs to be, oh boy, that's bronze. There's, that. a, there's, so there, there's, there's a slogan there. But uh, real quick here, Dave, we're going to probably wrap up here in just a few minutes before we're done with you here today. And you can go off on more sojourns around Michigan. But Try to take a look into the Dave Lorenz crystal ball. I mean, it's there's. I understand it's it's a different year this year. It's very unique in terms of its challenges that we haven't seen or some that are continuing. But as you look ahead, maybe not just even to the summer months, but into, let's say, the rest of the calendar year, what are some of the things that you expect to see and what are some of the trends that you are predicting for travel in Michigan and in our region? Well, we're going to have a very busy uh, warm weather season, but... I think overall, we're going to get closer to the travel volume and travel spending that that we experienced prior to COVID. I think that uh, the travel industry, well, I know the travel industry was hit so hard. We were the hardest hit industry by COVID. We lost a couple of thousand restaurants, for instance. Mm-hmm. But I know that, that, that these empty restaurants are now starting to be filled with new restaurants, sometimes the same owners coming back. Um, there'll, there'll be this need to, to get these businesses going again. And I think this is one important thing. We haven't had enough people come back to work yet in our industry and in others. And, and if you look at the data, it's not about pay. It's about respect. And it's about 
feeling like what your work is doing is making a difference and that you're valued and you're appreciated. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that people have caught on to that, that they understand that people serving us in restaurants, think about their word, that word, they are literally serving our needs. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, as as we as customers better treat those employees, they are going to start to come back more and more as employers treat uh, their workers better. They'll come back. Our economy is going to be better. And depending on world issues, if things can settle out um, across the world in places like the Ukraine, I think we're going to be able to get life as close back to what the new normal is going to be as possible. And not only do I think that, I really do think it, but I pray that as well. Oh, yes. Dave, I have to add another question here. When we talk about visitors to the Great Lakes region, do you think those folks might be actual, and I I don't like to use the word, but we're going to go ahead and call them climate refugees that are saying they're leaving the heat and the dry, the droughts, um, and kind of seeking our waters. Are they just getting a a little visit here to see if this is going to fit for them? Well, we've been seeing that for a long time, and I've never really considered uh, the term you used as really the the operable term, because I think most people don't see it that way. I think most people in Atlanta, in Dallas, and wherever, they are seeking a place like Pure Michigan. Here we are, the 45th parallel goes right through us. So we are in this, you know, this this beautiful environment uh, that can be enjoyed year-round. So they're looking for a place where they can do things like golfing in the summer without melting in the right. summer. Yeah, That is something you can do here. Mm-hmm. And so they'll continue to do that. And if it does continue to heat up down south, let's hope it doesn't, uh, that will become more a part of their every season experience. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting the way things are looking for the year. And also, I think that things are going to be pretty good. I did some traveling recently. It was right over this memorial, recent Memorial Day period, and I saw a lot of traffic that was on the roads. This was a trip I took to Wisconsin the other week, and uh, I saw My lots daughter. of folks, lots of folks heading north. They were coming north mm-hmm. into the UP. They were getting out of Green Bay area and coming north. And I, I, we're seeing it in Marquette right now already that the travel numbers are looking pretty good. I mean, the places have been busy. I think those trends that you talk about are going to continue. And I, I do think also that the trends are going to get the numbers are going to kind of get back to where they were, because I think you're absolutely right, Dave, that people want to travel. They're pent up and they'll figure out a way to make it happen. It may not be as far and it may not be for as long, but they're still going to go. And that's what you're seeing, right? Yeah, it's true. Uh, both at our state parks or national parks and and, and even our small towns, uh, farther north you get, uh, the more popular these places are getting. I think that is part of this this kind of uh, need to explore and to get away from the big cities a little bit farther south in our region. Uh, so that's going to continue. Uh, I really encourage people to to, as we talked about before, to learn what's expected of you and what you need for both safety and comfort before you go. But if, if you're traveling and you want to get out in nature, as everybody does, remember those, those nature centers at our national parks and, and check out our, our welcome centers and also our, our information centers at our state parks as well. They have a great deal of information and insights and knowledge 
of these national these natural areas, mm-hmm. and they'll make sure that that uh, you are better prepared when you venture out there. Well, once again, uh, where can they find out all that information, Dave? We love to say it. We can't say it enough. As Tim Allen says, your trip begins at Michigan.org. Dave Lorenz with us on the line today, Vice President of Travel Michigan. Thank you for your time today, Dave. This was a pleasure. Good to have you on. You're very, you're both very important to me, and, and I really care for you both, and thank you so much for what you do. It's been great being with you. That's Dave Lorenz with us. He's Vice President of Travel Michigan, and I tell you, Frida, it's always a pleasure talking to him because he has very interesting insights by virtue of what he does. He's last 20 years of working on telling people the story about traveling to Michigan, and the, the whole thing to me, Frida, where he talked about it really being kind of the like the connection to the lake and Lake Superior and all of that, that that's more than just going to some town somewhere. I think that's really true. I mean, you and I have talked about that a lot here on this podcast. Oh, yeah. And the whole idea that travel is the greatest peacemaker in the world. And, you know, I think when you get to Lake Superior, one of the things that helps us is that it's perspective. You know, I, I live on the lake and it's been my psychologist. You know, mm-hmm. I can take my troubles that are weighing me down to that shoreline and it's a teaspoon, you know, it's, to that lake. It's, it's really your, important. It's, it's your partner. It's your it's your analyst. It's your supporter. It's your debater, however you want to look at it. But Lake Superior and these national parks that are here really help to enca- encapsulate that experience. And we talk about like pictured rocks and the Keweenaw National Historical Park, Isle Royal, and the others along the Lake Superior Basin. It's really something that if you're listening today and you're thinking about traveling, look it up. Find out more about the National Parks of Lake Superior and the foundation itself. There's information there. And you can also look into just maybe making it a trip to come by and certainly check out the uh, the Michigan website as well. And as Dave says, prepare yourself. Because your visit yes. to the Keweenaw will be very different than Isle Royal. Your visit to the Pictured <laughs> mm-hmm. Rocks on a day like today when the winds are blowing really stiff. Mm-hmm. You might not be kayaking, but it might be a great time to take a hike or just appreciate any of those those activities. Because just finding yourself in these little communities and their history, it's a wonderful place to spend some summer days. Well, that's going to do it for us once again here on the Lake Superior Podcast. I'm Walt Lindela. I'm Frida Wara. Thanks so much for listening. The National Parks of Lake Superior Foundation, NPLSF, is the only official nonprofit 501c3 fundraising partner of the National Park Service for all five U.S. National Park sites on Lake Superior. To learn more about NPLSF projects and programs, you can visit the website at nplsf.org or friend them on Facebook. I'm Frida Wara. And I'm Walt Lindela. Thanks for listening to the Lake Superior Podcast. This podcast made possible with the support of the National Parks of Lake Superior Foundation and Media Brew Communications. This episode brought to you by Cafe Imports, Minneapolis-based importers of fine specialty green coffees, independently owned and operated since 1993. Cafe Imports has been dedicated to decreasing its impact on the earth through renewable energy, carbon neutrality, and by supporting conservational efforts in places where quality coffee is grown and also where quality coffee is consumed. Where does your coffee come from? And sponsored by Uber Creative Agency, a boutique web design development and marketing agency based in Minneapolis, Minnesota, with clients across the U.S. We don't just provide services, we deliver value.